Welcome to the Cybersecurity Defenders podcast, episode number 69. My name is Christopher Luft. I'm one of the co-founders of Lima Charlie, and I will be your host. On today's episode, we're going to be listening in on a panel discussion about the advantages the SecOps Cloud platform confers for managed security service providers. All right, welcome to the panel discussion around the SecOps Cloud platform and how this approach brings value to those running MSSPs and other security service providers. My name is Christopher Luft. I'm one of the founders here at Lima Charlie, and I will be moderating the discussion. With us today is Paul Imey, co-founder and managing principal at Soteria, and Lee Salt, former co-founder and CTO at Harangi Cybersecurity, former chief incident response officer at Black Panda, and now principal investigator at Cyber Triage. Thanks for being here, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Uh, to get started, maybe you can tell me how the SecOps Cloud platform enhances the capabilities and offerings of MSSPs in delivering comprehensive and efficient security services to your clients. Yeah, I can I can start there. I think you know first and foremost, uh, what we love about Thema Charlie is it's really provided us a platform to kind of centralize all the things we're doing for uh, for our different clients. So. Yeah, we started off using the EDR, like um, like many folks who worked with Lima Charlie. But over the years, being able to to just add capabilities onto that and not have to um, you know manage a bunch of different uh, different tools and platforms um, everywhere. You know, we got a client who wants to bring in their AWS uh, logs, we can bring those in here. We can we can bring in Office three sixty five. We can bring in Microsoft Defender telemetry if we want to, and and you know play with that data all in one separate place. Uh, or sorry, all in one single place instead of a bunch of separate places. But, but I think in addition to that, like having that that central piece, it's also the ability to be able to then shoot out any pieces of, of that data to other platforms as we need. Right. So, if we want to to do some detection and response work and in the Lima Charlie platform, uh, but then do more kind of querying or, or uh, uh, you know data exploration and Elastic, we can do that and we can really fine tune what we're sending where and, and how we um, control where that data flows, which just gives us a lot of creativity and, and the ability to customize things for either each client or build really uh, unique solutions to our business, but then benefit all of our clients uniformly. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that. Um, and definitely for me, it's the, it's the built-in integrations and the APF first approach. It's, it's really, it really enables SecOps culture, right? Where you have to kind of fight for that. Uh, with some other platform uh, platforms out there, and you have to kind of modify your own your own workflows or your own skill sets to uh, to like work with some of these other platforms. Uh, but yeah, Lima Charlie, you can bring just about anything in. You can ship data out in in very usable formats. Uh, I also like that billing is super transparent. Uh, so I, my use case is generally, or it's my use case has been, like I come in after the fact. So like there's already a breach. I've got to deploy something. I like using Cyber Triage. Or I like using Lima Charlie, and then through that, I deployed have deployed Cyber Triage, and it really makes that super. It, it makes that workflow super simple, uh, where I can get new IOCs, or I can identify, uh, you know, a latent piece of malware or or a malicious user, and then hit, uh, you know, upload those IOCs into Cyber Triage, and I can see the entire scope very very quickly. Um, it's just a very simple to use, very simple to integrate, and uh, much like Paul said, it, it doesn't matter to me what what pre-existing technology exists or what the logs are, or really even what the formats are. I can just upload anything without without a ton of pain. Awesome, thank you. Uh, could you provide some examples or use cases where the SecOps Cloud Platform has helped you respond to threats more effectively? 
Uh, sure, sure. I, I, I guess I can start with that one. Uh, uh, first, I think it's the ability to deploy whatever whatever package that we just kind of discussed. Like uh, cyber triage is obviously the first one, but there's other other times too. Like I've actually deployed Metasploit and things like that to. Um, like there's a whole or an interpreter rather. There's a whole bunch of different um, different use cases there when you have an when you have a uh, an attacker actually active uh, active in the environment. And I think the ease of use to deploy whatever you need to is is a huge thing for me versus having to every single time figure out how to how to write a script. Uh, maybe you don't actually have error logs if the scripts don't fire correctly or whatever. You get a lot more of that out of out of Lima Charlie. Um, so I think that's, that's the biggest thing for me when there's an, an actual adversary in the environment, we've already talked about the amount of telemetry that you have, but the interaction with the endpoints is, uh, is very, very useful. Yeah. I, I would zoom in on two things that, that Lee, um, hit on earlier. One, the, the ease of onboarding. So we do some incident response work too, and, you know, we get somebody that comes in and says, Hey, you know, we've had an incident. Can you come help? And we can go and spin up an environment like that. Right. Uh, and that's a, a combination of a couple of different things that, that makes that possible. One is is just your model of, of being able to you know use a credit card to, to bring in a new environment. We don't have to go through a sales rep or deal registration process or anything like that. We can just um, spin it up and, and create a new organization and, and we're off and running. Uh, but then also the, that API first approach uh, that Lee mentioned is also super um, key with that. So we can spin up that environment um, and we have automation in place that we spin up an environment and then boom, it gets all of our, our environment configurations that our incident responders want. It deploys all of our threat hunting rules right out the gate. And then, then we can use the API to interact, um, you know, if we're using the EDR, um, for example, we can use that API to interact with all those um, agents at scale. So, you know, we've got an IOC, we know that this file is, is malicious and we need to scope out where that is. It's a, it's a quick, you know, a couple lines of Python to then go and look for that on every system. And if the system's offline, just tag it to go look for it later on. And then any system that's compromised, you just put the tag compromised on it or, or you know, yeah. IOC hit or whatever you want to. And it just, it just works and it's, it's scalable and it allows you to really automate things beyond um, what you can typically do in a, in a GUI. And again, very malleable, right? So yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things where I had, 100% believe that the SecOps cloud platform is not designed for that use case, but it just gives you all these, uh, all these APIs and, and uh, extendability that you can just be creative with. And, and hey, you know what would be cool is if we could do this. Oh, well, we can do that. Like let's just uh, we can do this and this and put them together. Good to go. Awesome. Um, how does the multi-tenancy feature of the SecOps cloud platform provide value to you, particularly in terms of resource optimization, cost effectiveness, and simplified management? Yeah, I think it really just allows us to, to manage different clients easier, right? So instead of having to, or even, you know, one client who's got separate environments, um, it's, it's very easy to say, hey, you know, you want us to, um, you know, separate your, your, European and, and U.S. assets into different organizations because you want those alerts going into different places or you want to have different um, IT or security teams that have visibility into it. it. It makes it very easy to to divide up those assets so we can manage multiple clients and multiple tenants like that. But also you can just create multiple tenants for the same client to kind of divide up um, those assets and, and um, allow them to customize how they want to see things. And that's that's been really, um, really handy. Yeah, 
Uh, definitely agree with that. Uh, billing again, super transparent with that with that too. So it's very easy to pass that cost on to the customer without having to do crazy, crazy back end math or like go back and forth with some sales rep somewhere. Uh, I've definitely had situations in the past where like larger customers, uh, the the vendor would be like, oh, well, we're going to give this customer a, a a lesser price. So that's what's guaranteed to the customer. But I'm still paying the original price because it's too complicated to figure that out. Uh, so I think the, the cost transparency there too, and you know the uh, being able to manage different customers is is quite important. Uh, outside of that, also is um, the role based access controls are just like there's a lot less accidents I think uh, with the form with the with the format the way that you guys manage uh, tenants. Uh, I think that's I think that's quite important. And then lastly, uh, you know if you get into the point where you got a CFO or you got a sales team or whomever that really wants to do some sort of uh, cost basis analysis. Like, you know, who's the most, who's the most expensive customer, like which, which, uh, features or whatever are, are we using, but not actually, uh, you know, spending money or, uh, you know, what, what isn't getting monetized properly and so on. There's a lot more data to, to actually do that and Lima Charlie than there is really in anything else. Like I, I really appreciate the granularity and the access to just about everything. Oh, that's great. Um, in what way does the SecOps cloud platform empower MSSPs to provide real-time visibility, threat detection, and incident response capabilities to their clients in a more effective and timely manner versus the traditional tools that are on the market today? Yeah, so I'll, I think I hit on that a little bit earlier, but I think first is like being able to spin up a, a new organization, a new client environment, and you know deploy all of your rules across all of them uh, very effectively, but but I think beyond that, um, you know, we're always putting forth new rules and new capabilities. And again, that API first approach, um, we don't have to do uh, click ops in order to go in and make changes to all of our customer environments. We can make make that config change at one place and then push it out to all of our clients um, very seamlessly using uh, those APIs or, and using the, the Hive features and using the, the automation and the configuration uh, uh, tools that that are provided to us. And that helps us make sure that things are being done consistently, right? I think that's that's like the number one most important thing to do anything at scale is you have to do it consistently across everything. You can't have a different different yep. setup or a different rule or a different process for uh, different uh, uh, clients or, or different endpoints or whatever. So being able to, um, you know, like, oh, I'd, I'd like to make this change, but I don't want to, you know, make it on any organizations and have to click through this thing 80 times. We don't have to do that, right? You can, you can, maybe try it at one organization, test it out and then push it out to the world and, um, and not have to deal with it. So I think that's, that's really the key lever to, uh, to efficiency. And then, and then I'll say that the other, um, big thing that, uh, that we've seen that's drawn us to this as well as the speed of detection, right? So, you know, events come across the wire and into the platform and, uh, and that detection will, will hit our, um, hit our backend immediately, right? There's no, kind of lag time waiting for a query run or, or anything like that or, or doing the scheduled queries to to see if something hit every five minutes or, or something along those lines it's just instantaneous and um and that allows us to go and, and find things a lot of times before native products uh will will alert on them themselves a uh, very similar experience with the with the speed of detection there i think i think the the easiest way to demo that to say a customer or somebody else is when you actually like you can just uh spin up a VM and register that VM on a, like in your platform and it's seconds, right? It's like by the time you like alt tab back over to the other screen, it's already registered in the platform, which is crazy. Like nobody else does, does it that fast. 
Uh, you know, uh, but something else we didn't touch on was like how easy it is to integrate other Yara signatures or um, or detection and response r- rules from other folks. It's like you know, most of the time, or there's been lots of times where I've waited on a vendor to pr- you know to upload a signature, and they might not even have access to to the attack or that campaign, so they just don't have the data to write a, the write the signatures or whatever. In this case, it's the signatures are very simple. They're much easier to just like copy and paste. I've definitely gotten some across Slack and you know, uh, uh, Slack and Discord and so on, like in, in you know, a, in a pinch. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, like if you're trying to make this scalable, you just point it at a GitHub a GitHub repo and, and you're basically done. Uh, or you, you go through the add-ons and, you know, Paul's team does a great job with uh, with uh, the signatures that they're doing. And uh, I think that's that's a huge piece already is you don't have to go through, you're not, you're not beholden to a single vendor's rules. Uh, other rules aren't exorbitantly expensive, and when new stuff comes out, like just the cutting edge stuff, it's pretty easy to just copy and paste or or just point it in a new GitHub repo. Hmm. And I'll add on to that too. Is uh, I think another key differentiator for us is not having a an arbitrary limit on how many custom signatures and custom rules you can have. Yeah. I've seen that in other platforms. Like, yeah, yeah. you can do your own custom things, but only a hundred or uh, you know yeah. something like that. And, and we've got you know well over five hundred, maybe six hundred. Um, signature is in place at any given time right now and and that's fine and that helps oh, I, I love hearing that it's uh, working as intended yeah. um, can you discuss specific examples or use cases where your mssp have leveraged the secops cloud platform to enhance your service offering and provide value-added service solutions to your clients um i think yeah. from up uh, go ahead paul yeah I, i'd say certainly and and Again, it goes back to that creativity, right? So being able yeah. to um, to leverage different event types. So uh, the 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 fact that uh, different sensors and different um, uh, capabilities will emit different events, um, we can do things where we've had clients like, hey, you know, we'd really like to know like if the server ever goes offline, and uh, you know, you can't write a you know this this device went offline for every system because then every time somebody closes their laptop, uh, you know, you're going to get an alert and it's going to flood you and be super annoying. But being able to do um, the granularity of rules that you can you can create, where I want to alert if this condition happens on a on an asset or on a sensor that has this tag, or you know with this host name specifically or, or anything like that, is a uh, is super powerful. And then another thing that, that we've really enjoyed is the uh, the sleeper sensor um, capability that you can go out and deploy for a very low cost sensors and sleeper modes that you know don't cost the clients a lot of money. Uh, but if we have a an incident response retainer with them, it allows us to uh, come in and start an incident response and instantly have a presence on their systems, without having to um, you know go through the the process of of uh, you know deploying doing an enterprise wide software deployment in order to give us that access. And the I think the key there is that you know anybody who's done incident response um, for uh, for third parties has run into that situation where. You know, the incident happens and the first thing you do is just like yank the plug from the internet and, and take the entire organization offline. And so if you're trying to do incident response quickly, you know, it used to be that you would fly in with your pelican cases and start doing <laughs> images, but, but we're way past that as an industry, thankfully now. Uh, uh-huh. People still do that. And the the non-pelican case, you know, doing remote forensics doesn't work if, if you're not connected to the internet. So having that ability there and, and making sure that people understand, like, if you just call us, we can take these systems offline using the sensors and then re-enable them more easily without, um, you know, without, uh, without you having to go pull the plug and then have to figure out how to reboot your entire network, <laughs> I think is a, 
is a massive step forward and it's saved a lot of headache. Yeah, I'd have to second that. I think uh, the biggest challenge that I've that I ever face in any incident response is that initial the initial deployment, the initial scoping and initial deployment. Um, and you know, when you do it in a in a peacetime environment, you know, it, it'll it'll take a while. It might take a, a month or a few months to get to get um, those sensors pushed out and. Uh, and so on. But when you're there uh, and, and there's an active incident and tensions are high and people are worried about their jobs, you, you know, the the victim or folks in the victim organization, a ton of them will just experience protectionism. Uh, so you'll get coverage on 80 percent of the systems, but, you know, they'll try to hide some of them sometimes. And, and these aren't like these aren't like uh, surreptitious people or you know these aren't like bad people. Right. They're just they're just scared. They got, you know, mouths to feed at home and so on. Uh, so I think, you know, that that sleeper sleeper agent um thing is like really solves a huge problem for for uh investigators that that have the opportunity to take advantage of that that's huge um how does the interoperability and openness of the secops cloud platform enable mssps to integrate with other security tools and technologies resulting in a more comprehensive and cohesive security ecosystem I, I think we've touched on this a, a good bit already, uh, but but really it boils down to so one I just it just doesn't matter to me which technology that you have right so that that solves a lot of problems uh, that solves a lot of problems already so it's not a fact of having to wait for for licenses or for a customer to have licenses expire and then get a new technology that integrates with with my stack as a service provider or whatever it just like whatever you have it just works right so. Uh, you come in and, and you have that that thing that all CISOs and all incident responders want. You have visibility, uh, and you, you make make with it what you want. Uh, you know, I've, I've had some customers that are like, "Wait, we don't want this much visibility. We've we've never had this before, and this is not <laughs> this is not a clean as of an environment as, as we'd like to have." So you kind of have to help them through that every once in a while. But um, I, I think I think that's it. It comes back again to the interoperability and the the built in add ons. Yeah. I agree. It's it allows. I think it comes back to just allowing your team to be creative. Like we have this thing that we can plug data into and then make things happen, and then and spit uh-huh. the same or modified data out to somewhere else, and that just opens you up to to tons and tons of possibilities. And um, and sometimes it just comes from the most random places, like uh-huh. you know non security use cases and and things like that. Of like, well, what if we could just like take this data in and then like fire an alert? And I think. Chris, you did a YouTube video one time where uh, you made Lena Charlie alerts, like, you know, change the color of your, like, lights in your house or something like that. And, uh, yeah, you can do weird things like that. And, you know, there's silly, uh, you know, debatably useful things like that you can do. But then it starts getting you thinking about, you know, how else you can, um, you can, you know, leverage those capabilities and, and just, like, string the ideas come out sometimes. Yeah, that was a fun project I uh change the color of my hue lights when somebody opened a certain file on my laptop. So uh, just proof of concept. That's that's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So in terms of compliance and regulatory requirements, how does the SecOps cloud platform assist MSSPs in meeting the stringent security standards and ensuring the protection of sensitive client data? Yeah, I think the the biggest one that that gets helped there is uh, data retention, right? Being able to just say like, hey, we're going to, we're going to capture this telemetry or we're going to capture these logs and by the way everything is stored by default for 365 days that answers a, a lot of questions and, and shuts down some of the debate sometimes because that, that checks off that um that data retention uh, yeah. box that people need and, and just allows them to know that they can have that uh same thing with uh, uh you know other other data sources 
like just being able to pull all that information in, even if it's not an active detection or response case, you know, you got it. And if you need it later on, you can then grab it out of that data store, shove it into some other uh, platform for analysis or, you know, for somebody else to take a look at or, or to provide that data elsewhere. And it just, uh, you know, it just works and it, it makes it easy to, uh, to get it done. So you don't have to think about it. Yeah. I, I think there's a, a few checkboxes, uh, there depending on the, which compliance, uh, Compliance screen, uh, compliance scheme you're beholden to, or regulation, or, or whatever it may be. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind, though, is more of an idea. Not, nothing that I've actually deployed before, but just compliance monitoring and reporting in general, right? So you know, some of that can be gathered straight through, uh, straight through Lima Charlie's telemetry. Uh, so, you know, some of that can be aggregated through other data sources in the environment, and and you can also use a uh, you know that the, the deployable payload feature to deploy some compliance checking thing and, and, and draw that data back to create a, a much more automated report. So I think um, th there's a lot of, lot of possibilities around this one. Um, how does the SecOps cloud platform enable MSSPs to differentiate themselves in a competitive market by delivering tailored and customized, secu customized security solutions that meet the specific needs of your clients? And for me, uh, so you know, I'm not the traditional MSSP or in a, and I haven't been where you have, you know, eyes on glass 24 hours a day sort of thing. Uh, but having worked with uh, MSSPs my entire career, I think the biggest thing for me is communication and being able to answer hard questions, right? It's like, what data do you have? And most of the time the answer to that is, I don't know. And I have to wait some number of days. I'm like, okay, well, what data do you do not have? And the answer is also, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and I think uh, just being able to have, uh, you know, again, it comes back to the, the interoperability, right? It's, just, it's, it's all there. There's not 15 tabs you have to go through to figure out whether this is there or that's not there. You know, if you want to look at how long you have data, that's pretty easy to, easy to get access to uh, and so on. So, so for me, the, the biggest dif differentiator is just like quality of service. It's just there and it's simple to use. And you can answer the hard questions because all incident responders and all MSSPs get hard questions either from the customer the compliance auditor or the regulator or outside counsel. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We're, we're more of an MDR than an NSSP, but it, it gives us those MDR capabilities where we can, we can find the bad things, but then using the, the platform, we can automate a lot of uh, response actions or, um, or use it just for alerting. So our, our incident response team can take uh, response actions, but the, the extensibility of that I think is, is really helpful. And then also uh, the, Again, the the granularity of things that you can do with the DNR type of rules to say, you know, hey, we've got, you know, we've got our standard library of, of detection and response rules that um, that we apply to all of our customers out the box. But if there's a a custom use case or or a specific issue that a client needs to have visibility on, then um, then we can do that. We can again get very creative and thoughtful with that, and not say like, well, you know, we we can't really do that because we're running up against our our limit on custom detectors or yeah, the, the platform doesn't support that. You know, we can, we can do pretty much anything with the data that's coming in and, and use it in ways that aren't always uh, obvious or intuitive. And that, that allows us to, to be more partner-like with our customers. Right. So we don't have to just say that, Hey, we're using, you know, we're going to give you the, the limit Charlie, you know, platform. We're going to take in your, your logs from this, that, and the other and we're gonna spit out the sections. And then, you know, whatever else you need to do is on you, right? We can, we can have, uh, we can have customers come to us with the hard problems and, and be able to partner with them to, to solve them instead of saying like, sorry, it's not in the SOW, right? 
um, it, it gets our folks excited because like, oh, we've got this tool and we can figure out how to, to make it do this cool trick. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Some great answers. It's great for me to hear all this too. Uh, it makes me feel great about the work we're doing. Yeah, um, I, I, I think there's another piece of that too. That oh, it's, it's again, it's another idea that I've had. That, that's like you know, this is a possibility that's unlocked here. It's, it's like a like great automation capabilities with the API, API first approach. And I wonder how like how much of that SOAR workflow uh, can actually get integrated, right? So like you have an alert where a new user is created in your organization. Does that user have MFA enabled? yet right it's like is that something that can be built into lima charlie and i and i i suspect it probably can um with the with the right you know python scripts on the back end uh using the using the uh, uh the api the right way you know in those situations for those customers that just can't afford soar uh, or, or just don't want it because the organization's not quite big enough yet there are some some interesting workflows that can be enabled uh that can be enabled here with with not a ton of effort mm-hmm. and all right, so we're bumping up against time. So this is the last one I got for you. Sure. Um, what opportunities do you see for MSSPs and other security service providers to leverage the evolving capabilities of the SecOps cloud platform to expand their service offerings and address emerging cybersecurity challenges in a rapidly evolving threat landscape? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's just you know one of the one of the the emerging problems that everybody's having is. Uh, Security is moving off of the traditional like on-prem network and into um, you know the cloud yeah. uh, in different environments, right? Uh, whether it's it's you know traditional cloud platforms uh, like our AWSs and GCPs, um, but also the uh, like just random SaaS applications. And thankfully, I think SaaS applications are starting to get better, um, some better than others, at making uh, all the log data available uh, to to the consumers and to the companies that are using them. So I think that's, that's where a lot of the value is going to start coming from is, is, you know, finding um, where are your, your critical apps that are outside of those traditional workloads that like, you know, these are covered, right? This, this problem has been solved. How do you, how do you get telemetry or, or logs off of your, you know, your windows devices? That's a solved problem. But, you know, as, as we get more and more into these uh, other platforms, the ability for, uh, for the, for the cloud platform, the SecOps cloud platform, to be able to just take in telemetry from anywhere and do things with it, and then report things and then send it elsewhere, I think it it just unlocks more possibilities and, and will allow folks to uh, kind of adapt as uh, as new things come along. So having that building block approach, where like yeah, we've got these core capabilities and this stuff works and it's going to get the job done, um, but also we've got more of this abstraction layer that allows you to uh, kind of tinker with it and, and make things you know, be what you want them to be. Uh, that's going to, uh, I think people just need to be creative and try to think outside the box of how can I use these in a way that's not, um, not been predefined and, and is not, you know, necessarily what's on the, on the label um, of what it's intended to do. But yeah. What, what can it do? Right. And, and tap into that hacker mindset. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, putting that service services uh, leader hat on, I think, or like, you know, after the fact services leader, less of the MSSP role, you know, for me, it comes down to response services, compliance, auditing, or checking, which could probably be done on a quarterly or, or regular basis rather simply, even if you're just using the sleeper agent, right? I think there's a ton of use use cases there for municipalities and college systems and community college systems. And I think lastly is, is exactly, you know, like there's very little there's very little for cloud security or cloud visibility from a security perspective and and what's there just charges you a fortune so i think it it also comes back down to the 
the transparency and costing and, and the costs predictability. It's like, this is, this is the platform to innovate with. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, gentlemen. This was a great conversation and uh, music to my ears to hear our customers speak so highly of what we're doing. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Chris. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Congrats on, congrats on getting it here. Can't wait to see what comes next. <laughs> thank you. And that concludes this episode of the Cybersecurity Defenders podcast. If you have any feedback or ideas for future topics, please send an email to defenders at limacharlie.io. You can access the intel we talk about on the show in real time and join the conversation on the Lima Charlie community Slack channel at slack.limacharlie.io. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with someone or leaving a rating or review. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you on the next episode.